Attention, this is not legal advice. If you are experiencing a legal emergency, contact an attorney or your local public defender's office. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of Gin and Justice. justice hey i'm justine and i'm amanda welcome to another legal brief with gin and justice and welcome idaho yeah hey (laughs) yeah we have some new listeners that was like there's like very very few states that we do not have listeners in and so idaho's on board now that's exciting i'm gonna get a list of the couple of states that we don't have listeners in and we're just gonna tell you to reach out to your friends there (laughs) Speaking of, leave us a review. Yeah, leave us a review. <laughs> Please, for the love and of Reach God, out to your friends review. in North Dakota. Reach out to your friends in North Dakota and tell them to listen. I think that's like one of our last states. Does anybody know anyone in North Dakota? <laughs> yeah, but seriously, leave us a review. To those of you who have been leaving us reviews, thank you so, so much. We really, really appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. It helps um, us get these stories out there. It does. We also do still have some free merch. So if you do want free merch, Mm -hmm. reach out to us. Let us know that you sent a review, that you wrote a review, and we will mail you some free merch. Amanda at JinAndJusticePodcast.com. And you can also reach me at Justine at JinAndJusticePodcast.com. So Justine, it's been a crazy week. It has been a crazy week. I know. Not even just the news, which I, you know, have my feelings about. I'm not an anti-news person. That's not that's not where I'm going. <laughs> However, not even just like regular news, just in mm-hmm. the, you know, legal system kind of realm news. Mm-hmm. And so I actually kind of want to jump right in and talk about, you know, in Florida, we have very few progressive prosecutors. Um, you know, we have a couple Uh, One of them being Andrew Warren, who is the state attorney who is elected by the people of Hillsborough County to twice elected. Yeah. To be the prosecutor in that county. He oversees uh, assistant state attorneys and kind of uses his discretion on how to handle the criminal cases within his county. Like which everybody does. Right. So, you know, like some counties are like, yes, uh, arrest everybody for marijuana and other mm-hmm. prosecutors are like let's just give them a notice to appear or mm-hmm. you know whatever so the governor of the state of florida ron DeSantis, has just suspended state attorney andrew warren for signing an initiative basically stating he will not be enforcing an abortion ban now state attorneys across all circuits States have that mm-hmm. discretion, that power is invested in them to decide which crimes to pursue and how to pursue them. It also gives them the discretion on whether to pursue the death penalty mm-hmm. on, you know, qualifying cases. And so that's something that's within their realm of decision making. That is what the voters elect them to do. So, you know, I just I really like Andrew Warren. I really like his policies um, from what I've seen, at least, you know, not a whole lot of practicing in Hillsborough County, but from what, <laughs> what I see on the outside, 
I really like what he does. And I think he's a progressive prosecutor. And I think he's the direction we need to be going as a society. And so but if you disagree with Ron DeSantis, you get the axe. Yeah, it's so crazy. You can't disagree with him. Ask Disney. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was like my first like, what? Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, you know, it's yeah, kind of outraging. Wild. It's kind of appalling. Did you catch uh, any of the trial against Alex Jones? So I did catch some snippets of Me the too, Alex Jones civil trial and i think it's just the first one i think there's a series of them that will be happening why y'all duh i was laughing because one of the snippets i did see one of the i believe it was one of the plaintiff's attorneys was cross-examining alex jones and it came out during this that alex jones defense attorneys who i'm sure were paid well accidentally sent his texts like copies of his phone uh contents over to everything the attorney. like you know that's not even like uh that's not even like a drunken text like a oh i shouldn't have sent that it was like a where how what caused that to happen so that mm-hmm. like kind of made me crack up um obviously not cool of his attorneys at all like and the judge was being like so patient with him because he was just blatantly lying mm-hmm. and kept getting caught in his lies so that was quite interesting i don't know how she had the patience honestly but apparently there's some january 6th information on that phone oh interesting that is getting turned over to the committee which doesn't look good for former president donald trump so i'm very curious just to see how this plays out Mm. So yeah, I don't keep know. our eye on that. <laughs> yeah. In other news, we saw it was interesting. You know, a lot of people kind of came up to me this week and asked, "Oh my God, did you see what Brittany Griner was sentenced to?" And the outrage—it's wild. Yeah. So I saw she got nine years. It didn't surprise me. It didn't cause, um, you know, any shock. Not because it's not a crazy sentence, right? Because it but is. But because. We do the same thing here every day. So there was actually a really funny, I guess it was a tweet that I saw that said, you think Brittany Griner's sentence is outrageous. You should check out the U.S. You know, criminal justice system or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's so true. You know, we have several people who are serving life for marijuana. Yeah. And in the federal system, that was a really common thing in the 80s and 90s. And those people, even though we don't sentence people like that anymore. Right. Uh, well, well, we do, actually. Mm, but yeah, we do. even <laughs> though we don't sentence people like that regularly anymore, it's not a regular practice. Those people who were sentenced to life in the 80s and 90s, unless they were commuted or pardoned, they're still in there serving that. Right. So that's kind of crazy. Where um, I appreciate the outrage for her because it is super fucked up. I would like to see that energy here. Yeah. Also, not to take away from her energy, but to maybe throw some at the criminal justice system here and be like, hmm, this is a little fucked up. Right. Yeah. And I I think it's mostly because people don't know, you know, um, that conference that I went to, there was a speaker there who he had been sentenced to life for conspiracy to distribute marijuana back in the 80s, 80s or early 90s. And he served, I think it was mid 80s. He got sentenced to life in federal prison. He served 35 years before he was commuted. His sentence was commuted under President Biden last year 
um, or earlier this year, I don't know if you recall, we talked about all of the people who are serving nonviolent drug offenses, who their sentences were commuted, uh, specific lists of people. He was one of them. So he was somebody, you know, in person that I saw and, and heard his story about being sentenced to life. And then when I was kind of, you know, looking to see if this was still kind of done, I found this case from Mississippi where Alan Russell was sentenced to life in prison without parole for the nonviolent drug offense of possessing marijuana. And the way that that happened was because Mississippi has similar sentencing enhancement laws to what we've talked about before, similar to what we have in Florida. They have them all across yeah, the country. not surprising at all. <laughs> yeah, and so they filed him under the habitual felony sentencing enhancement, whatever their mm -hmm. version is called. Right. And so he was sentenced to life in prison without parole, and it was upheld by the Mississippi Court of Appeals. So, And that was um, May of last year. <laughs> My goodness. So he had been arrested in 2017, and he basically had 43 grams of marijuana. Typically, that's something that can be punished up to three years in prison. But because he was under that sentencing enhancement law, um, so insane. they were able to sentence him to life. So, you know, the sentence that was handed down, like you were saying, I would just like to see that same. I think it's just because people aren't aware. I mean, that's no, my only is, explanation. For sure. Because, yeah. oh, yeah. So just took a little sidebar there. So my whole point was when I he listened to that guy at the conference and he talked about his sentence being life, this was a room full of judges, attorneys, you know, parole officers, you know, people involved with the system. Mm -hmm. And at the end, when he opened up for questions, it was either a judge or an attorney. It was a young judge or an attorney, not saying age has anything to do with it, but I think probably some of the more experienced judges have seen these types of um, incidents or, or maybe became a judge around the same time. They asked him, well, how did you get a life sentence for marijuana? And he said, well, I had like, a, you know, a couple prior convictions for marijuana. So that's how, and just the fact that somebody in that room didn't know that that was like a really common right. thing in the 80s and 90s. That's alarming. Yeah. I mean, we looked at that list of sentences that were commuted under Biden. And I remember there was like a couple of people on there who were, who got life in prison for sale of cocaine in the 80s. Wild. Like everybody yeah. was doing that. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. So like you said, I would just like to see that energy directed here as well because we are not that different yeah you know especially with our sentencing enhancement laws and you're just really in the grip of the state attorney who you hope is a reasonable person on the other side of that desk you know when you mm -hmm. have somebody who qualifies for those sentencing enhancements because nobody else can help you out nobody right. so you know it's really unfortunate that she got that sentence but it's not so outrageous that it's so different from what we see here. Right. So. Exactly. Tell your friends about it. Uh, especially North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking on North Dakota because I think they're one of the only states left we don't have listeners in. So we might have some actual justice news. I'm sure you've heard already. Four U.S. police officers have been arrested and charged over the fatal shooting of Brianna Taylor. Mm, yes, I did hear that. So that's good news accountability is cool it was four officers only one of the officers involved in the raid detective brett hankison he was previously charged in the case 
Mr. Hankinson is the one who fired 10 shots during the raid, and he was acquitted on that earlier this year. Yeah. And this goes back to, I know some other changes were made as a result of this case. Well, some places, Mm -hmm. um, including a lot of places eliminated the no-knock warrants, which, you know, yes, please. Yeah, it's scary. The other officers charged by the Department of Justice are Joshua Janes, Officer Kelly Hannah Goodlett, and Kyle Meany. And it's nice to see um, some accountability. First, yeah, but so- only one of those three is fired. Louisville police say they're trying to fire Meany and Goodlett. I don't know. What yeah. That means. So, well, and I can probably, and I don't know for sure because I haven't looked into that specific issue. But what's probably happening is. When you are a state or county or city, you know, you're a government employee, generally you cannot just terminate somebody at will. It's not like you're working at Burger King and they can just fire you because they want to. When you work for the government, they have to have specific reasons. And so officers, right, they have that police union. Everybody has a police union. And so they actually will have some sort of hearing on whether there was cause for termination. And if the police department already ruled in an internal investigation that Mm -hmm. they acted within their specific rules or guidance, then you cannot fire them for that. So that's probably what the hiccup is there. Yeah, I'm sure it's coming because the attorney general just filed federal indictment on them for civil rights offenses, unlawful conspiracy, unconstitutional use of force, and obstruction. Well, yeah, I'm sure that uh, was going to add up to cause (laughs) for, you know. Yeah, Mr. Meany and Mr. Janes are alleged to have violated Ms. Taylor's civil rights by preparing a false search warrant. Ms. Goodlett allegedly conspired with Janes to falsify the warrant. Mr. Hankinson is also accused of civil rights offenses for firing his service weapon into Ms. Taylor's apartment through a covered window. The search warrant obtained by police includes Ms. Taylor's name and address, and they suspected that her ex-boyfriend was sending packages of narcotics and money to her home. No drugs were found, as we all know. Some good old war on drugs rhetoric. Mm-hmm. The warrant, which was signed by Mr. Janes, said that the police confirmed the packages for her ex-boyfriend were sent to her house investigators say later they discovered that the police had never confirmed that it was just a fucking lie so i'm interested to watch that play out i would like to hope that some accountability will happen and justice you know actual justice yeah i mean i feel like this year there has been this year and last year really there's been some accountability people being held accountable You know, it's just crazy because we do the exoneration episodes and we talk about these horrible cops that set people up and do these terrible things. And like a lot of them are from like 25, 35 years ago because these people have been serving huge sentences. Right. Yeah, exactly. And but the shit's still happening. Right. Brianna Taylor should be alive and she's not because of these dirty ass cops. Right. So speaking of exonerations, I read that. Albert Woodfox, who was exonerated in 2016, um, he was one of the uh, quote-unquote Angola Three. So him and two others were wrongfully convicted of murdering a prison guard from Angola Prison, which is the most brutal prison uh, in Louisiana. I think we've heard about Mm -hmm. it before. So he was exonerated and released in 2016 after serving 43 years in solitary confinement oh my God. Uh, in a six foot by nine foot cell 
So unfortunately, after being out for only six years, he has just passed away from complications of COVID. He was 75 years old. So his death was made public earlier this week. And so that's really sad. He lost most of his life being wrongfully convicted. He was wrongfully convicted of the 1972 murder of a prison guard, Brent Miller, in the state penitentiary. Should be noted, Angola, and I, you know, I think we've watched a documentary on this, but Angola prison is built on the remains of a slave plantation. So, like, you know, that energy, I feel like, kind of sticks around. Yeah, and considering it's still the same thing today. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, essentially the story behind his wrongful conviction, and I'm reading an article from U.S. News, Albert Woodfox, held in solitary confinement for 43 years, dies at age 75, and it is by Ed Pilkington in New York. So some of the backstory is that Woodfox and some of his fellow Angola Three members, including Herman Wallace, had set up a chapter of the Black Panther. Inside the prison, essentially there was segregation and the black prisoners were subjected to picking cotton and chain gangs outside of the fields and so he basically protested that with his fellow black panther members within the prison and he believed that his wrongful conviction was a result of his activism and advocacy yeah yeah so woodfox and wallace so we're two of them were placed in solitary confinement where they both remained almost without a break for more than 40 years. And then Wallace would treat anybody like that. Yeah. Wallace was released in 2013, even as prison authorities continued to try to get him back inside. He died from cancer two days later. So my God. Awful. That's terrible. Awful. Awful. 40 years in solitary confinement. That's I don't know how anybody would survive that. I mean, people give like false confessions after like a day in solitary confinement, essentially like locked to a bench. <laughs> my God. I would crack so fast. Mm. Well, man, I think that's like way too much criminal justice slash legal news that I can handle for today. Yeah, my brain's melting. And our, and our listeners. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We love to hear from listeners. We love reading your emails and we do read every single one. All of yeah, them. and if you have an organization that you're doing great things with, hit me up. I want to hear about it. Yeah, so you can always reach us at Justine at JinAndJusticePodcast.com. Or Amanda at JinAndJusticePodcast.com. Next week, you'll definitely want to tune in. One of my favorite interviews we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Hardcore advocate, re- lived from real experience, learned from real experience, out there doing it, raising mm-hmm. awareness. Just, I can't even... She's just a total badass, but she is a harm reduction advocate. She is also a writer for JSTOR, and we were so excited to talk to her. She just brings a really down-to-earth, real perspective to criminal justice reform. Her name is Morgan Godwin. We are so excited to have her next week, so make sure you tune in. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on all the social medias. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Gin and Justice. Bye. All editing for Gin and Justice done by Gin and Justice Podcast. Artwork by Justin Cardone. Photography by Kimber Schwakey. We'll see you next time on Gin and Justice.